Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Good morning and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of introducing special guest Shay Tubali today. Shay is the author of a new book that's just gone out titled Unlocking the Seven Secret Powers of the Heart, A Practical Guide to Living in Trust and Love. We generally feel the need to protect our heart whenever possible. We put up defenses around our heart. And a lot of times it's important to understand that the heart itself can empower us greatly and help us through our difficult times of our lives. Shay Tabali reveals that the heart, often perceived as most vulnerable and fragile, is in fact the source of our greatest potential. Providing practical advice, exercises, meditations, and visualizations proven through his own heart work practice, he shows how to tap into the heart's energy field and easily cultivate its own seven secret powers. Wisdom, vulnerability, ability to love, infinite energy, transformation, and self-acceptance. He explains how our modern education system develops our mind perception only, focusing on the goal of being successful and urging us to constantly be faster and better. Not only does this not bring us fulfillment, but it may even cause stress and illness. Showing how to transition from mind to heart perception, Tabali helps us understand more about our heart skills and how to implement its powers by healing inner energetic and emotional blockages. Our guest is a chakra expert, spiritual teacher, authority in the field of Kundalini and the subtle body system, and currently lives in Berlin, where he runs a school for spiritual development and holds seminars, trainings, and retreats. It's with great pleasure that I introduce Shay to the show. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here with uh, just one correction, please. Sure. My name is my name is Shai. This Shai, is I'm sorry. The way it is, the way it is uttered. <laughs> no problem. I know it. My apologies. I I was looking at your new book that you just released, Unlocking the Seven Secret Powers of the Heart, and I yes. wanted to ask you first, what motivated you to write this book? Hmm. Well, the motivation is uh, is uh, my work as a spiritual teacher, because uh, um, as a spiritual teacher, I guide uh, I, 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 I guided many thousands of people, and uh, and there was something that uh, that uh, that uh, was troubling me throughout the years, and that and and that was the fact 
my observation that the, the more people immerse themselves in the in spiritual practice, in meditation, in uh, retreats, in uh, in uh, in opening their uh, uh, their being and removing their filters and their walls and their defenses, the weaker they became. And okay. this observation really troubled me because because it seemed like people felt very fragile and vulnerable. And this this somehow uh, didn't make sense because. Uh, to me, the more you remove your defenses, the more you open your heart. Actually, the the, the more the stronger you become. So, so this principle of uh, of trying to help all those people who wish to remove the walls, who wish to open up, but fear that that might leave them completely vulnerable in a, in an utterly violent world. That was uh, my basic motivation. I know that you've written other works in the past. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm very into chakras myself. So oh. I, know, I know that you have a, a background with chakras. And yes. I, I, I've done some stuff with uh, pranic healing, energy modality, healing type things. And uh, mm. I want to ask you, what, what led you on your path to specialize in knowledge of chakras and energy healing? And what set you out on this particular direction for your life? Well, the the reason is uh, is uh, that I was uh, initiated in a certain yogic tradition. Uh, this this yogic tradition uh, is called the the Nityananda tradition, and uh, and in this in this tradition um, the principle is complete uh, knowledge of the teacher of uh, of. The subtle body, the the, the subtle energetics, the subtle dynamics of uh, of uh, of our inner body, and the way this subtle body uh, and and the laws that govern it uh, can lead us to spiritual enlightenment. And uh, and in this in this tradition, uh, the whole process is uh, is basically guided by this knowledge. Now. The, the reason I, I found myself actually in this specific tradition is, uh, is, was not a very comfortable, uh, comfortable one because I had what can be called a Kundalini crisis. A Kundalini crisis, which meant that, uh, that again, we are uh, returning uh, to this principle of, uh, of vulnerability and hypersensitivity. I found myself, uh, um, as a spiritual aspirant, as actually a very, uh, uh, a very young teacher myself, I found myself in a, a very troubled energetically. And then after two years, which were pretty hellish, <laughs> I found myself uh, uh, drawn to a certain teacher from that tradition. As soon as he, he just looked at me, and uh, he's, by the way, an American teacher, uh, just looked at me immediately knew exactly what was happening and that inspired me so much because I realized that there, here there is someone who actually knows who actually can see the the entire mechanism and uh, and master it so that drove me to uh, to study uh, chakras and the subtle body in general uh, very very closely interesting and I, I noticed at this most recent work that you've released focuses on the heart itself. 
Yes. Was there a motivating factor to focus on it, on the heart as opposed to the other chakras or the other parts of the body? Yes. Um, first of all, we need to to to, to become aware of of a, a, a very simple yet striking fact: the the fact that that the heart chakra is located just in the middle, just at the center of our being. There are three lower chakras below, three upper chakras above it, and then just in the middle there is there, there is this heart chakra, and that means a lot. It basically means that uh, that uh, the, the heart chakra is where our uh, divine nature and human nature meet and and converge and unify. It means that uh, that that our innermost, the core of our being, is the heart. This is literally the center. And uh, and that is why this definitely deserves a, a book, a, a whole book for itself, to explore its meaning, to explore its capacity. Uh, because if you if, if you have awakened the, the heart chakra, uh, you can finally um, uh, manage both your spiritual aspects and your earthly aspects, your humanity and divinity. I wanted to ask you as a follow-up foundational question, members of our audience may not understand the term chakra if they haven't been familiar with it before. And I was yeah. going to see if you could just simply explain it to the audience uh, so that they can understand how a chakra works and what the sh heart chakra would mean in reference to the chakra itself versus the physical heart. Yes, sure. Um, well, it's it's very simple. That, uh, we have uh, within our uh, our deep within our being, we have another body. There, there is of course the physical body, and then there is the the inner body. If you, you can call it uh, the body within the body, and that is that is our subtle body. Now, within this subtle body, there is a there is a, a whole complexity of uh, of uh, anatomy similar to to our physical anatomy and one major component within this subtle body is what we call the chakras uh, the chakras are basically uh, seven uh, seven energy centers that are entwined around the the, the very core uh, of of this subtle body which is called the central column uh, in yogic tradition, it's called the Sushumna. Now, what is so amazing about the, these seven energy centers, because one could easily treat them as, as purely energetic, is that they actually are placed just in between our uh, uh, the, the entire complexity of our being, which means that, uh, that they, they bridge and translate the connections between uh, our physical, energetic, emotional, mental, and spiritual worlds. And that gives them uh, actually such such an, an important status because they uh, looking into the chakras means that, that we actually look into, uh, into a system that has all these implications. The implications uh, uh, for, for all the different layers of our being. So when when we speak of the heart chakra, the heart chakra is 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 simply one of them. 
And uh, of course, it governs, as we can, we all intuitively know, uh, it governs uh, our emotional world, our relationships with the world, with ourselves, with uh, God, our connection to the soul. And, uh, and it, in that sense, it, it has nothing to do with, uh, with the physical heart, although it, it does have, uh, it does affect uh, the area of the chest. The, the the heart the lungs the the arms the hands uh, all that interestingly enough when uh when a lot of people think of chakras they think of these little spinning wheels is is that an accurate representation of what you think a chakra is we could say that in in in, in terms of of uh, of uh, wheels that uh, that uh, move uh, move energy energy what what we can call the life force or the prana because one of of the major roles of chakras is very simple yet essential what they do is is they absorb a life force from the outside from from the cosmos they uh, they uh, spin it through these wheels and then translate it, transform it into, into energy that is ab- available for our physical body, for our emotional layer, for our mental layer, and of course for our spiritual layer. book itself talks about the seven secret powers of the heart. And yes. traditionally, and I, I liked in your book when you talked about the fact that I, I believe that there's a, a balance between mind, body, and spirit, which is a, a catchy phrase that is used nowadays. And I know from my vantage point, I feel like you start your book by talking about the different paradigm of how to view the world through your own lens. For example, uh, society stresses looking at it through your mind only, where you're striven for success, you, you strive for success, and you're only basically trying to be material. Uh, your aspects are, are, are basically material pursuits. When you're yes. saying that it would be a smarter or a better approach, more efficient approach, to shift from a mind um, perspective to one of the heart. And I yes. wanted to see if you can kind of talk a little more about that to our audience because they haven't had the benefit of your book yet. But I really like that comparison. So my question is, how would you compare thinking or u- utilizing just your, your mind as your paradigm versus uh, utilizing your heart itself as a source of your inner strength in life. Well, the 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 mind uh, tries to uh, basically the you know, conditioned mind, of course, uh, because what what I say is uh, in this book is that the mind is uh, uh, has a great service, has a great role, but it's basically destined to be the heart's servant. And now what happens is when we do not uh, allow it to, to, be, to be what what it should be, which is the heart servant, uh, it becomes really confused <laughs> because, because it tries desperately to, to govern and to, and to guide a system, but it doesn't know how. The mind doesn't have the capacities or the knowledge. It is not connected to, directly to the soul. It is not connected directly to the meaning of life. It is not connected directly to, to the sense of purpose. And it, and it cannot connect to, to our deepest motivation as human beings and as souls. So when it is, it becomes so confused, 
it, uh, it, it begins to, to create all kinds of uh, very distorted uh, types of strategies uh, in order to protect to protect the organism and to and to pretend that it actually knows. You see that that I think uh, the best uh, the best problem of the mind because it doesn't know in terms of deep knowing. Deep, it is not connected to deep knowledge. Then it tries to know in terms of information. So the mind is really good when it comes to how, but it is really bad at knowing uh, why and what for. And and this is uh, this is why we need uh, uh, so much the heart not not just to awaken the heart but to become the heart to become fully identified with it to act from it to find our most basic motivation for for anything for our very breathing even. I would say that you consider the heart as the central focus of what our power should be. Is that right? What we derive our power from. Exactly. And this is, uh, I like it very much that, that you say, you put it this way, because, because that's a very important message. Uh, the very association of heart with power is, uh, is sometimes considered uh, uh, confusing uh, to some because, because people think that heart is gentleness. Heart is is a delicate uh, addition to our to our being. It adds uh, it adds some love. It it adds tenderness, and it truly is vulnerable, a vulnerable part of ourselves. And because we think it's vulnerable, we begin to to put a wall uh, between the heart and the world. I noticed that you you employ different exercises to activate yes. the heart. Can you share yeah. that with our audience and describe what the purpose of the exercise is, like the basic heart activation? Of course, I, I would just mention that uh, that uh, this uh, this uh, specific uh, uh, basic heart activation appears on YouTube uh, as a, uh, in an expanded version. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, something like twenty minutes, and uh, and uh, and it's a very careful guidance. So I would really recommend uh, anyone who listens to to try it. In the in this version, here I would just uh, I would just uh, mention it obviously quite briefly. The basic heart activation is uh, is a very simple um, way of 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 heart stimulation and awakening because it's actually physical, and this is very important because we sometimes tend to think that that our meditation on the heart needs to be something very emotional. But as soon as we simply shift our attention to the chest area, completely physically, we, we begin to shift at the center of gravity of our being from the, from the area of the head all the way down to, to, the chest area, to the chest area, and there we settle. This can be done even right now. It doesn't require a sophisticated meditation. It simply means that because usually we very unnaturally place uh, our entire energy in the head. And that's why we always have uh, an overactivated and, uh, and, and heavy mind. As I said, the, for the mind, it's not natural to, uh, to, to, to keep thinking all the time. It needs to relax. 
But for it to relax, we need to, to simply begin to sink into the chest area and imagine as if we've literally shifted our head to the chest area. This means that now our eyes, our ears, and our mouth are there. We can even imagine that, that, the, that the, the head dissolved into space. And now we, we only have our chest as our, head, as our head. And from there to begin to look at everything and to listen to, to, to everything. Um, it is amazing how this very simple practice basically uh, immediately changes our perception. From the chest area, everything seems very different. The world seems, uh, appears very, very soft and very intimate and, uh, and all the, this heart knowing can, can so quickly change as soon as we recognize the chest as the center of our being. So that's, that's the, the most basic heart activation that there is another phase to it, but, uh, but this is the, the, something that we can actually uh, practice now and when, even when we, think, when we walk on the street. <laughs> that's great. I know that I want to get into the seven secrets that you've listed in your book so that our audience can get an overview of them. Yeah. And I, so I want to ask you, your first secret relates to heart wisdom. And yes. I wanted to ask if you could describe what you mean when you say heart wisdom. Yes, of course. We we have very um, we have some confusion uh, about about knowing and uh, and and the, the the fact that that we are disconnected from from the feeling that there are certain things that we know beyond doubt is a big problem for us because in at times of confusion. We don't know uh, uh, on what thoughts to to, to rely. Uh, we don't know uh, where to find our our complete confidence. That that this kind of knowing that uh, that that transcends any doubt, any fear, any confusion, any hesitation, and and this happens to us very often in life because life is confusing, and we need a source of knowing. Now, when we uh, turn to the mind for, as a source of knowing, we realize very quickly that the mind is the source of confusion. The mind is, uh, is made of contradiction. It's always made of, of, of contradictory thoughts. We can think one thought, and then we can think another thought that completely opposes it, and, and, and both can seem, well, correct. So when we begin to, to contact our, our heart and ask ourselves in our heart, what is it that we know for sure? What is it that we know without doubt and that the entire world, even God, could never take it away from us? That is the, that is the beginning of, uh, of knowing. And, uh, and for this, I recommend to create a certain book of knowing. <laughs> It's, it's like creating a, a sort of a notebook and starting even very hesitantly, hesitantly and cautiously to simply create sentences of things that, that we know without a doubt. Even if it's a general sentence like, I know without a doubt that, that love is the only thing that matters. 
This is a simple sentence. So I know without a doubt that I'm a soul uh, that has a body, but and that, that I'm not a body. These are just examples. In the book, I give many more. And even these simple sentences are enough when we are attacked by strong confusions and uh, and sh and and darkness in our life. We can turn to these sentences and begin to contact the fact that that we actually do know. We are not confused. Our hearts never get confused. Only our mind. And that's great. When you talk about, and this is something I always like to touch on when we talk about chakras, and it, uh -huh. it fits within the context of your book. Can you describe when you reference blockages, how someone could develop a blockage? Do you mean in every chakra, in any chakra? Uh, in the heart chakra. I'll use in it in the, the context chakra. of the heart. Correct. Yeah, well, the, that that's that's pretty simple for the heart. It's uh, it's whenever we get we we get disappointed, and we get disappointed so many times in our lives, from our very uh, moment of birth, perhaps even in the womb, and uh, and this accumulated disappointment, uh, the, the 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 result of frustrated expectations from life from people, from God, from ourselves. All these disappointments, they, they accumulate in us. Eventually, we, we realize, we conclude, of course, wrongly, that, uh, that we would be better off uh, with our, our hearts uh, shielded and protected, and that we, should, we shouldn't... Um, we shouldn't uh, open up anymore, and we think that uh, that this this strategy works for us. That that if we if we close our hearts, then that that would protect us from further disappointments. The thing is that this doesn't work. It actually makes us more vulnerable. And until we reach a point in which we are so vulnerable that even a slight insult shakes us completely for days <laughs> so so this is this is the thing it's the, the process starts with disappointments of course it starts even even earlier with expectations and these expectations are the very source of of uh, of, of the heart's blockage uh, which uh, uh, i try to deal with in the book would you encourage a new practitioner, someone that's new to trying to understand how to activate their heart chakra, would you encourage uh -huh. someone to manage their expectations in advance of that, uh, how they live their life, to keep their expectations in check so as to avoid a future disappointment down the road? Exactly, but but not in a bitter way, you see, because it's uh, because people can easily say, "Oh, I don't expect from him or from her anything. I know that uh, I know that anyway, they're, they're going to disappoint me, or I, I anyway because because expectation uh, can lead to such uh, painful results. I'd 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 rather have no expectation at all, and this is not the way. Expect, uh, removing expectations is uh, is an act of is an act of wisdom. And an act of uh, of uh, of a realistic and uh, and sober perception of of reality and and life. People are not meant to 
to fulfill our expectations and God is not meant to fulfill our expectations because, because they all have their own expectations. You see, each one has their own, their own journey, their own expression, their own need for, for fulfillment. And, uh, and therefore it, it, it doesn't really revolve around us. We're not the center of, of the situation. We are in, in a relationship, in a communication. So, so this, uh, this is an act of, of true wisdom. And when I begin to, to, to change it, and in the book there is a small practice, a small writing practice, that whenever you have an expectation, for example, people should not treat, treat me like that. It needs to be changed into sometimes people should treat me like that. You see, that, that's, that's the reality of, of my life. That's the reality of everyone's life. And, and how often do we um, disappoint others? <laughs> you see, how often do we uh, um, uh, avoid fulfilling others' expectations because we have our own needs, our own journey, our own expectations? So this is, this is the result of wisdom. And this wisdom is one step towards uh, uh, um, the agreeing to remove the wall um, before our heart. I can understand that. That actually is that that resonates with me. Uh, uh-huh. Being able to view the to, to to view the world from the perspective of shifting how you approach it. In terms of your expectations, so I can I can definitely see what you mean by that. I um, yes. I want to ask you because I want to try to delve into at least the seven secrets because your book features yes. them. Yeah. Your second secret: strength and vulnerability. Yes. Does can you explain that for our audience and explain to them when you say strength and vulnerability, how that applies to the heart chakra? Yes, that, that's, uh, uh, if you are talking about the heart chakra, I will start from, from the energetic level. You okay. see, when, when we, uh, uh, energetically, our heart, when we say that our heart feels closed, this is literally true. This means that, that, the, that the flow of our energy from the chest area goes inward rather than outward. This is when, when everything, uh, everything uh, uh, is interpreted uh, in terms of me and me as the insulted one or the hurt one uh, and, and the vulnerable one. But, and this is one of the practices, if we do the very opposite and we turn our, the, our energy flow from the chest outward, this, this changes everything. This means that, that we are actually uh, opening our heart like a flower towards the world. It's like we are presenting it naked and uh, so-called vulnerable. Now, what happens when, when we do that? And this is quite unbelievable to the mind. And, and, I, and I know that, that this contradicts everything we have, uh, we have taught ourselves. What happens is that at that moment, we cannot get hurt anymore. You see, because, because, and this is, this is a very, a very interesting, uh, uh secret. It, it tells us as long as you try to, to defend your heart, to close it, you actually get hurt much more. 
if you open it unconditionally, remaining forgiving, loving, and, uh, and accepting at all times, what happens is that you simply cannot uh, be, um, uh, be, get hurt because the energy cannot penetrate you. You are always in this position of a flowing energy outwards. Now, what I'm saying here is, uh, is something, of course, that, that is the result of my own, my own direct experience. This direct experience has shown me repeatedly that that is the case. What I like about that is being authentic with yourself, opening yourself up to be vulnerable. I feel like you said that gives you an, a, an inner strength that very few people can achieve. I, I think that that's something definitely worth focusing on in order to improve your relationships with others in your lives, in your life. And yes, and, and finally to feel, to feel free to love. Yes. Do you... um? have a theory as to when someone goes through a romantic breakup and they yeah. have a hard time with the different stages of what they go through, rationalizing it with their mind probably. And they probably, a lot of people I see that go through those kind of emotional situations, they'll close off themselves. Exactly. And one of my questions based on your book, what advice would you give somebody who's going through a trying time like that? To make themselves vulnerable again, how long would you think that would take or what type of advice would you give somebody that's going through a traumatic experience where they, you know, maybe have a divorce or a sudden breakup to, to be able to become vulnerable again and open their heart again? How would you suggest that they do so? A profound, a profound uh, love that is turned towards that, that person who has left us and the profound forgiveness and the, the, the uh, and work that that is that is completely uh, directed towards uh, uh, loving that other person wholeheartedly and unreservedly and i know that this sounds can sound almost crazy but actually, this, this is, this was my experience, uh, um, years ago. There was, uh, I, I also experienced a, a, a tremendous breakup. It was from, from someone with uh, whom I, I had a, a very long uh, relationship. And that was completely sudden. And, and at the beginning, I felt like, uh, like my whole world collapsed, that, uh, that I could, uh, that, that life could never continue. And I, it was also, it also felt a bit, as a betrayal and so on. But then one night I, I simply opened up instead of, instead of uh, grudge and, uh, and, and accumulation of anger and hurt, I simply loved that person with my entire being. And uh, and forgave with my entire being, uh, just like in, I don't want to sound religious, but uh, just just like Jesus would do in the same the same type of Christ consciousness. That and then I was shocked at that moment to realize how the entire uh, imprint of that relationship and the hurt were just washed away at once. It was it was just like magic, and then I realized. That I actually loved myself the most when I was able to do that. It, it felt so 
so pure and, and true. I think actually, by the way, this leads us directly to the third secret. I was just thinking <laughs> that myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, because that, that I, then I realized uh, through my own experience that forgiveness meant, uh, meant uh, the complete wiping away of, of the past. And in, with this freedom, you are completely uh, free to, to move on. And I know that that is your, your third one, which is freedom through forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, yeah. tell us a little about that in relation. I know you've already kind of caught into it already, but if you were to say you free, my understanding of it would be is I, I always tell, I, I work, I'm a psychic medium myself, aside from being an attorney, yeah. but when I do psychic mediumship work yeah. and when I do intuitive guidance, I always tell my clients, try to let go of things that weigh you down, forgive, yeah. move forward. And I, I think that that's just a good message to send to people who, who get so wrapped up with things from the past. And I wanted to yeah. see if you could just give us a little uh, overview based on what you think it, ha- the value of that to the heart chakra or to the heart itself. Of course. I, I always like to, um, to start explaining that uh, uh, through, through a story that, uh, that appears also at the beginning of, of, uh, of this very chapter in the book. It's the story of of a, a woman, an American woman who, who died a few years ago. Uh, her name was uh, Eva Mendes Kor, and Eva Mendes Kor she she was uh, she was a Holocaust survivor, and uh, and she when she was in Auschwitz and uh, and lost her entire family there, she was one of the uh, the uh, the victims of uh, Joseph Mengele. Uh, Joseph Mengele's uh, uh, medical exper- experiments, and and years after she 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 moved to to the United States, and there um, uh, she she realized that that if there was one way to 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 stop being a prisoner of Auschwitz, it was to completely forgive the Nazis. And I'm, I'm, I'm so touched by this story because, because if she was able to, to forgive in the, the most horrible acts that, uh, that, uh, that have ever been committed in, uh, in, uh, uh, humanly speaking, uh, couldn't we? You see, what she did was that uh, that uh, there was a trial of someone called uh, or someone who was regarded as the bookkeeper of Auschwitz he also died uh, not long ago and uh, and she approached him in the trial and she gave him a kiss on the cheek and hugged him looked him in the eye and she said i forgive you and i forgive all the nazis and wow. that's powerful yes yeah. Very yes, powerful. that's uh, that's uh, you can actually watch it on uh, on uh, on on YouTube. It's it's a bit. This was uh, on the news, and and the thing is that that some people who who, who might think that, that this this is pretty silly that uh, that you should you should be uh, vengeful that you should hold grudge that uh, these things should never be forgiven, and and she explains very simply. She says. You don't understand. I realized that this was, this was for me. It was, it was for me to, to, to be free from Auschwitz. It, it, this was my only way. 
to wipe away the past and to be able to be a, a free a free being. So this is this is what I call freedom through forgiveness. It means that it means that uh, that we can actually wipe away uh, the past and 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 uh, by forgiving. And as long as we don't do it, we remain prisoners of the past forever. I like that a lot. I also think it helps to break your connection with, as you say in your book, your the ones that have actually caused you the pain, your victimizer. Um, and, and the sense, and, and, and with reference to healing, once you forgive, I think you put yourself on track to being able to heal emotionally and energetically, um, from a traumatic prior event in your life. And, and I, I can see that very strongly. It's, it sounds like a very empowering message. Exactly. And then this happens by, because, because as soon as you are able to forgive, you become bigger than the event and bigger than your victimizer. Because if you can forgive your victimizer, you are immediately bigger than than him or her. I you like see, that. you can because you contain and include that event. Your heart is always bigger than any event you might have experienced in your life. Definitely, your fourth secret: the ability to love. Yes. When I look at your book and the way it's laid out with the seven secrets, I feel like it's a chronological process that you start with the first basic heart activation and you recognize the wisdoms of the heart. You move into understanding strengths and vulnerabilities, and then you you work through forgiveness. Can you tell us a little about how the next step would be having the capacity or ability to love? And what that means in reference to your own work with this area? Yes, definitely. This is also a part of my 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 observation as a spiritual teacher that that people are somehow and this is the mind fooling them. <laughs> people tend to believe that that they, that they need to go through a certain process, a certain process of self improvement and self healing in order to be able to love. And then what happens is that is that we we have in our in our mind this feeling uh, that that one day one day we will be able to love. But uh, but uh, until then we first need to be given ourselves. We need to be healed. We need to to trust and so on and so on. And this this waiting is one of the of the greatest illusions uh, uh, when it comes to our heart. Our heart is basically capable of loving and opening at any given moment, including now. And it doesn't need to, uh, this process of healing or self-improvement or perfection uh, to, to be able to do that. And we know that because sometimes when we need to love, even when we are still unhealed, we do find these this resources within us. But... Uh, as soon as we begin to trust that, we tap into this uh, this endless reservoir, this endless abundance of the heart. Our heart is actually a source and not, a, a, forgive me for saying that, it's not a beggar coming with a begging ball <laughs> and asking to, to be loved. It's actually the source of love itself. 
so so this is this is uh, the, the, the principle and of course it's uh, followed with practices to to awaken that i like that you use the term awaken because that's what i'm when i'm looking at your book and i'm looking at our when i'm you know our discussion today it sounds like it's a process of getting re-engaged with your heart with yourself yes. the deeper vulnerabilities and allowing that to be expressed and connecting in better relationships with others around you in your life Definitely, yes. The fifth secret talks about emotional transformation. Mm -hmm. The ability to transform any internal energy. I wanted to see if you could just tell us a little about that and how you reference it in the context of your of your book. Yes. This is the this is the um, um this principle talks about about the heart uh, as a transformer. The heart can uh, what it does is actually uh to transform base uh, emotions or, or uh, like fears or like anger or even or even a, a very base uh, sexual uh, passion it has the capacity to transform the, them all into love we need to, to understand that that there is no greater force we know that this is one of the things that we know in our heart <laughs> If, uh, if uh, to return for a second to, to the first principle, we know that there is no greater force uh, in, in this world than love. So when we uh, place ourselves in the heart, uh, we can actually activate the heart as a, as a, as a magnet. Because the heart is a, is a sort of ma a magnetic force that draws these emotions into it and and uh, can then uh, transform them so this is this is the message of this principle we don't need to get stuck with these emotions if we just place ourselves in the heart when we have when we are overwhelmed by emotions or passions or desires or addictions we can act, we can literally feel how the heart sucks them into it and uh, and transforms them into a very different type of energy. Nothing can resist the heart. This is this principle. <laughs> it's a very powerful message as well. With reference to having the transformation process itself, can it take some time? Will it vary from person to person when they try to do this? Yes, definitely. Uh, the, I think the process uh, depends on, on the uh, individual's uh, trust. Uh, that uh, that it, it is time and it is perfectly uh, uh, safe to remove the wall. You see, it's uh, so it's the growing trust. We need to to agree to to take this uh, leap. Not only that, too. I would also think that uh, if people try to exercise these principles for the first time, they might stumble a little bit. It's okay if you try and it takes longer than you expect, would you encourage anyone who's attempting to employ the transformation, for example, that if it takes a little longer than expected, hang in there, it will eventually be accomplished, not something exactly. to be discouraged exactly. by? I, you know, one of the heart's qualities is, is the capacity to trust. To trust that uh, that uh, and and also not it's not about setting some kind of uh, tremendous and tremendous goal now because that belongs to the mind. The goal, you know, of, uh, I don't know, conquering a, a heart opening. 
becoming a heart master or something like that. It's not about that. It's our very effort, the very effort that we make towards this, uh, this aim is the purpose because, because our very effort is love. To try to open the heart is already an act of love. And, and, and this, this is the only thing that really matters. Without that, you're not going to be able to do anything else. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about your next uh, secret, the sixth one, empowerment without limits. Yes. Describe that a little bit in the context of the heart and how you feel empowerment without limits would be a secret that someone should employ. Of course, uh, this is here um, the, the fact, and I think we, we already mentioned it uh, here and there, we tend to uh, to um, to look for uh, our sort of ambition and uh, and driving force in life, our, our basic motivation in uh, in willpower. When we we ask ourselves why should we wake up in the morning, why uh, why should we do what we do, we look for certain uh, uh, forms of achievement. They're gaining some status uh, or money or or whatever, but but at the end of the day, we we know and experience that that all these are empty and they leave us empty. As long as our heart remains empty, uh, it doesn't part- and doesn't participate in the in the process of of motivation of uh, the process of uh, that 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 is meant to drive us towards action, we, we might uh, end up feeling that our life is completely meaningless. And this happens to many people. That is why we need to, to connect to, to the heart as also our source of motivation, the source of our driving force. For this, I, I give a, a very simple practice. Before doing anything, even washing the dishes, Simply holding the following thought in in our mind and in our heart is is already uh, can already change everything. And and this thought is, I do this because of love, or I do this out of love, or I do this because I love. As soon as you add love as as a source of motivation, as your why for doing anything, you immediately feel that uh, that. That your heart participates and uh, in the action, it adds a reason, and that that immediately colors everything with uh, with uh, the deep colors of meaning. I like that, and I think also more importantly, uh, in in line with what you're saying, I think by being able to recognize and understand it, it'll give you that ability to follow through, and and be better connected as well. Yes, yes. The seventh secret is loving yourself. Can you describe for our audience when you say loving yourself, what exactly you mean by that? Yes, um, this is one of the hardest <laughs> for many people, uh, and this is because they feel so so divided. There is a, the the basic sentence that uh, that many people uh, use when they speak of of this of this issue with me is uh, I don't like myself or I, I can't accept myself. And this is, this is a, a, a very odd because when we say I don't like myself, it's, it, it always puzzles me. Who is this I that doesn't like itself? Where, where does it come from? 
And this this uh, is resolved when we begin to understand that uh, that this feeling of of non self acceptance uh, comes from from our mind. Our mind is always divided within itself and against itself, and um, and this is because it uh, it derives its uh, self comparison from uh, from comparison to others to society to what to what one should be to uh, to how others are and this makes us uh, alienated uh, from ourselves it, uh, it 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 makes us feel that that ourselves is some sort of a stranger so what is important to understand is that in the mind there could never be self acceptance you we could never accept ourselves through our thoughts but when we when we shift to the heart and we begin to to relate to ourselves from the heart we realize that in the the heart there is no inner duality there is no inner split which means that the heart's mantra is very simple it says i am myself what what else can i be so this is a process of of learning to be one with ourselves you know and i always say in, uh, at this point we never think that the giraffes are meant to transform into hippos or that uh, that elephants are meant to transform into butterflies we always accept that that elephants are elephants and butterflies are butterflies and we see their their beauty but when i am an elephant and someone else is a butterfly for our mind it seems that it makes a complete sense that i somehow need to become that <laughs> that butterfly like the butterfly but nature god made me an elephant you see i can see that for the heart for the heart this makes perfect sense you're basically saying if i'm if i'm reading you right or understanding what you're saying that we all have like a law of natural design and that we recognize our limitations but that doesn't mean we can't um, love ourselves and, and kind of be able to embrace differences, but then also being able to, to have that self-awareness within ourselves. That That's perfectly said. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I, um, I want to ask you, uh, we're at the state, we're at the, you know, we only have a few minutes left at here yeah. for this interview, but I wanted to ask if you can direct my audience to your website. So that they can um, learn more about you directly. Definitely, the the website is www.shaitubali.com. Great. You reference in your book that you have an area called heart videos on your site. Can you tell our audience a little about that? Yes, it's uh, it's on YouTube. When you when you simply type uh, Shaitubali, then that 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 leads to to a YouTube channel. And on that uh, YouTube channel, there is a, there is a specific playlist that that is wholly dedicated to hard practices and also hard videos. I know that you have um, you've been very involved in this topic area for a while. And one yes. of my questions I want to ask you is: Do you plan on writing any future books about the other chakras? Uh, yes, you. Uh, you are actually touching a delicate point because uh, because that immediately evokes my <laughs> my ambition 
and my my dream is uh, yes is to create a book for each chakra and to have a sort of an, an encyclopedia because because each chakra is, is such is such a world unto itself that uh, that it's uh, it's unbelievable each chakra is a gateway i think that'd be a phenomenal thing for people to be able to ha- have as a reading um a breakdown of each chakra in depth like that so i would be very happy to hear about any future projects you do have and uh have you back on again to discuss your future projects <laughs> as they become available <laughs> I uh, I deeply appreciate you coming on today for this interview. I know you're over in Berlin right now, and I know we pre-recorded yes. this in order for the podcast to link up with our schedules. Yes. Are you going to be doing any events or anything to promote your book in the United States, or is there any upcoming things that our audience should know about? No, no not in the near future. The, there is not meant to be a U.S. tour at the moment. Yes. But if any of our listeners wants to really, uh, you know, get connected to more of what you're saying, they should definitely go to your website and your YouTube channel. Yes, yes. I encourage yes, everybody I, to do that. Yes, yes. I even give Skype sessions, so uh, so that that is also achievable. Great. Well, I thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank and, you so uh, much. Sharing this information because I believe it's very critical and vital at this stage of where we are in the world and our society and all the things that are going on in current events. I think understanding one's relationship to their heart chakra and how to cultivate it and nourish it and develop it, develop it serves a, a higher purpose that each of us should really endeavor to do. Um, thank you for taking the time to conduct this interview with me. Thank you so much. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind. Embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. 
Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. 